turning away from yourself in the midst of chaos, even after years of practicing intentional living happens. And it's sometimes honestly just easier to do when you feel like you're living in survival mode. Welcome to Health, Harmony, and Happiness with Kathy. I'm your host, Kathy Stricker. I'm a state patrol wife, mama to three lively kiddos, a yoga teacher, certified NLP coach, and an energetic rhythms expert. As an energetic rhythms coach, I help action-taking women use their body's rhythms and the moon's cycle to optimize productivity and avoid burnout without letting their desire to remain in control alter their focus. And this podcast is all about doing just that and perhaps a bit more so that you can create your own path to health, harmony, and happiness. So come along with me and may this episode serve as a nudge to discover tools that could help you on your path towards more intentional living. Enjoy the show. Hey friends, welcome to episode 65 of the show. I can't believe we're already on 65. I'll tell you, when I relaunched this summer, remember that was episode 38, and now here we are, already almost 30 episodes in again. That's bonkers. It kind of blows my mind. In any case, I'm glad you're here. And today's episode is brought to you by the Daily Rhythms Tracker. If you haven't started using this yet, or if you haven't experimented with using it, then now may be the chance. It's still the beginning of the year, and it's a great time to start to get to know your rhythms, your cycle a little bit better, man or woman. Excuse me. Uh, You have a rhythm. You have a cycle, and you can start to begin to track that. Now, obviously, I work mostly with women to do this sort of thing, but Men can also find their rhythms and can begin to pay more attention to the cycles of the moon and see how their natural energetic tendencies align with that, with that rhythm. So there's a link in the show notes for the daily rhythms tracker. And I'm just going to tell you that it's one element of helping you live in flow or feel more at ease in life when unexpected things come up. So if you haven't checked it out yet, now would be the time head over to the show notes and grab the Daily Rhythms Tracker to get started. I would say that I have been doing conscious self-understanding work for at least the last 10 years. Now, I say 10 years because before that, the work that I was doing on myself was all about the physical. Even when I first started practicing yoga almost 20 years ago, the focus was still on the physical. I was understanding how much of a warrior I was in the physical sense, but not necessarily in the spiritual or mental emotional sense. Before that point, 10 years ago, I had done a lot of stuff that took courage to do. Um, I practiced developing my confidence over the years throughout various leadership roles and projects that I took on. That's not natural necessarily for me. Um, I watched as a kid, I watched my older sister and um, cousins and, and people around me do all of these things, be in these leadership roles, take on projects. And so because of that, I felt this draw that that's what I needed to do as well. And that's what I kind of wanted to do. And 
it didn't exactly come naturally for me. I was kind of a shy kid. I didn't want to put myself out there. And um, I can remember distinctly as a kid, this is kind of a side note, I can remember distinctly as a kid, my, my parents were always in musicals. And um, we went to one musical tryout for a production. And I was going to try out for one of the kid roles. And I could not do it. I was so scared. I could not do it. I, I couldn't do it. And my mom and everybody around me was just so trying to encourage me, but I couldn't do it because I was sure I was going to fail. I was sure that I was not going to do well. I was going to mess up. And there's some work to dig in to around that, I'm sure. But my point in telling you that story is that it doesn't just come natural to me. So it's taken practice for me to actually develop the confidence and I still look at, at that as being more of the physical and, and mental physical. Like it took me learning to be bold and brave in my mind and um, give myself the pep talks and surround myself with people who believed in me to do some of those hard things physically. But my natural tendency is to turn away from myself emotionally to not actually understand where the feelings are coming from or what those feelings are that maybe were causing some of those hesitations. All those physical things that I dove into and even went scared into were ways of learning about myself and, and also avoiding myself in some ways. I was avoiding my feelings and emotions attached to those life experiences, attached to any life experiences really, because that's not the way that I was brought up. And for many of you out there who are listening, my guess is that's probably not how you were brought up as well. That's just our generation. If you're, if you're in my age now, if you're a little bit younger, which I'll tell you, uh, my birthday was just last week. I just turned 41. And <clears throat> if you're in a slightly younger generation, you are being taught more of this mental emotional stuff. And it's absolutely beautiful. But for those of us who are um, not of that era, might be a little bit harder to turn towards yourself in the in the emotional capacity. Um, it's been said that in times of stress or chaos, we revert back to our training. We we go back onto autopilot, right? So even if I've had these ten years of really consciously diving into the intentional living of um, of doing the self work and uncovering my emotional stuff and getting to know my feelings and being able to name them more effectively. That wasn't my training for the first 31 years of my life or the first 30 years of my life. So I revert back to that. And I only recently became aware that this is my tendency, that this is what I naturally want to do. And it's because I started noticing when I do this. And the place that I first noticed it was over the holiday break. We had a lot of um, stuff going on in our house. My husband and I had the flu right before Christmas leading up to it. <clears throat> school got out super early because of illness rates in the school and because of an impending blizzard that was supposedly coming. And so our kids were all home. We were both sick and 
it just felt better to try and avoid doing the things. And quite honestly, when you're sick, like I'm not going to hit my yoga mat and I don't want to, this is the last thing I want to do is sit and journal or do some of that stuff to get in touch with myself. Because on a physical level, your body is literally just trying to heal itself, just trying to feel better. And so you, you move into this place of survival mode. So that was going on. Then Christmas hit and my son's birthday is three days after Christmas. By that point, we were feeling better. We had family at our house then for probably, I don't know, three to five days. And then we left to go out of town to a funeral. And since we missed the Christmas that we were supposed to celebrate before Christmas um, from the funeral, which was about three hours away, we drove another three hours to go celebrate Christmas. So our schedule was absolutely out of whack. And it was just easier to shift into survival mode and just get through, just get through life, right? Get through the illness, get through being, doing all the family things um, and, and being with the kids and, and making sure that we were everywhere we needed to be at the right time. It was a lot of travel. It was a lot of um, just energy, a lot of energy around us. And I started to notice that And I guess maybe I didn't start to notice, like I knew I was avoiding my mat. I was avoiding getting to my yoga mat one, because when you're sick, taking to your yoga mat, even if it's just congestion that's, or a cold that's in your head can often accelerate those symptoms and make you feel even worse. So I just recommend avoiding that at all costs when you're sick. And two, there was so much going on in our house at all times, or we were in somebody else's house or a hotel that it was just not ideal. It was absolutely not ideal. So I will fully say that I like dropped my yoga practice during the holiday break. And that's kind of unusual for me indeed, but that's one way that I was turning away from myself. Another way that I noticed that I was turning away from myself um, was that I was actually also turning away from my husband and we were literally just ships passing in the night. We went back to this old routine that we had had of doing our own thing and of not connecting with each other. And that was almost one of the first indicators that I was like, man, I really feel disconnected right now from my husband. And we have not been talking. We have not been um, like really checking in with each other. And then I kind of noticed, oh, I'm also not checking in with myself. I'm not. Um, talking to myself, if you will, or like checking in with my inner child and, um, and just getting a pulse on how things were. And he and I both kind of noticed that I noticed it before him and I pointed it out. And then he was like, Oh yeah, this is happening. This is happening. But you know, we were actually living in that survival mode. I'm not kidding you when I say (laughs) that there were days when showers were optional Um, for a time being in there. And I had to have serious conversations with myself about washing my face for the day (laughs) because that was even like, ugh, do I really have to do that? It completely reminded me of that time in every newborn parent's life when you're simply doing things, doing the things that you need to do in order to survive. That is how we were functioning over break. And that's why I can say, I was turning away from myself. I was turning away from like really connecting with myself, which can be problematic. But I'm telling you this because I want you to know that 
even after practicing this way of living, this intentional way of living for years, it still happens and it happens to everyone. I mentioned that it happened on my yoga mat. And if you've listened to the episodes from earlier in this month, we've talked a lot about this, but how you approach yourself on the yoga mat is how you approach yourself off the yoga mat. Now, I've said that in a couple different ways over the past few episodes, um, but it's no, no different when you are practicing yoga. If you tend to avoid hard postures or feel like you're stuck in a posture and not making any progress, which happens a lot with things like shoulders and hips, because those are your trauma and emotional centers. That means um, those are the things that are actually calling you towards healing. Those are the areas that, that likely need a lot of healing. But if you feel like you're stuck in those postures and not making any progress, or you tend to avoid hard postures, you probably avoid some of that hard emotional stuff in your life as well. Those are the things, those are the areas, like I said, that are calling you towards the healing and it can be hard to face those things. If you're inconsistent in your yoga practice, you're likely inconsistent in getting in touch with your emotional side. And if you are simply on your yoga mat, moving through the motions kind of on autopilot, that's another way that you tend to avoid yourself because you're just doing the things to get through, kind of like being in survival mode, kind of like all of the, the things that I just said before this. So your yoga practice is a good mirror or reflection of how you might also be approaching yourself um, off of the yoga mat. And when I say that, I mostly mean in today's episode, at least, I mostly mean in the emotional sense. But honestly, how you do anything on the yoga mat, how you approach yourself on the yoga mat is how you approach yourself off the mat. When you turn away from yourself, it is emotional abandonment, essentially. And when you fill your schedule with all the things and commitments and doing all the time, you're abandoning yourself. When you feel like others are doing this to you, or maybe you're blaming others for turning away from you, how are you really abandoning yourself? Because what we put out there, what we project out into the world or how we judge others is essentially how we are judging ourselves as well. It is shutting down your heart and your capacity to feel. So how might you be doing that? If you think that someone else is actually shutting you out or distancing themselves from you, how are you distancing yourself? How are you shutting your heart down and your capacity f- to feel personally down? What this might look like is avoiding going to your yoga mat to practice, avoiding journaling, or maybe avoiding contemplating or meditating. All of those things are good indicators that you're likely abandoning yourself. Remember that we default to our training instead of rise to the occasion. So when there's craziness and chaos or lack of schedule and lack of routine, we default to what we would naturally want to do. And it's okay to still have seasons, days, or moments when even after you've been doing the tough emotional healing work, even if it has been unconscious, that you default to autopilot. 
And autopilot means that the conscious self-understanding and intentional living work has basically gone out the window. Maybe you were in a season of survival mode. Maybe you actually needed to heal your physical body in some way. And it was that physical um, slump, I guess, that helped you realize or that helps you realize that you've abandoned yourself. Sometimes we need that low point to actually realize that we have abandoned ourselves in some way. Or maybe this abandonment is happening because you just needed a rest and a brain break. And it does take work to dig into the emotional stuff. So yeah, sometimes you just need that break. That's okay. That's absolutely okay. Everything has a rhythm and a season. So for sure, we know that staying in a routine is easier. It's easier in life. It's what our bodies naturally want to do, right? Our bodies naturally have a rhythm. We naturally want routine. We naturally want to be the most efficient that we can be at anything. And your body automatically does that. It does that when you develop different muscle patterns or ways of doing things. And it does that just because we are creatures of habit. But it's absolutely a human thing if you unconsciously begin to turn away from yourself instead of towards yourself. It takes work to actually dig in to who you are, but it happens to everyone when we begin to turn away. It's scary to get to know yourself on a deeper level. Routine is much easier. Part of the journey, though, is learning to be with yourself, even in the chaos, even when routine leaves. And that can be a tricky thing. Your body's natural rhythms remind you that you need routine, that you crave routine. But when routine stops, as it did for many over the holidays, especially if you have kids, you might move into this space of both freedom and chaos. And this happens for people who are also in that space of maybe retirement um, or that space of staying home and kids are back in school. You, you have this, all this freedom and time to do things, but also it creates this sense of chaos because there's no schedule for anything, right? Freedom can indeed breed chaos. You have the freedom to do whatever you want, but without boundaries or established patterns of connection, the chaos around you nudges you to revert back to old habits and patterns. Perhaps not actually completing things or being lazy or not caring for yourself optimally, or even basically in the extreme, as in I was talking about even taking showers, that's turning away from yourself instead of doing the things that make you feel your best. And some of those are on a physical level, right? Some of those basic things are just turning away from yourself on the basic physical level, not even the emotional level. So when you go a little bit deeper from the physical and dig into the mental and emotional, Sure, of course, if you can turn away from yourself physically, you're likely going to have to going to at some point turn away from yourself emotionally too. Even if you've been on this journey for 10, 20, 30 years, it all happens. And that just creates feelings of anxiousness and chaos when you do turn away from yourself. It also changes your energetic exchanges that you have with the people around you because Turning away from yourself, be it physically, mentally, or emotionally, has an effect on you spiritually. Now, remember that spiritual means impacting the essence of who you are 
mind, body, and soul, right? In a positive way. So anything you do that impacts the essence of who you are impacts you spiritually. It's when you begin to turn towards yourself that you begin to cultivate a new and different way of living. It takes more intentionality, a conscious way of learning about yourself in a different way. So maybe you're not learning about your physical strengths and how much you can think through something or how strong you can be as a warrior to physically power through something. It takes looking at yourself in a different way. And that alone, my friend, takes strengths. It takes having the courage to heal hurts, heal past hurts, and to actually feel them is the thing. You have to actually feel them before you can heal them. You have to feel what your heart and body really want to communicate with you. Even if you've been practicing a more conscious way of living for years, you might still have those moments when you fall back into old habits because it's just part of the journey. It's in becoming aware of those moments, then being able to make the time in between those moments or between when they happen, between when those moments happen and when they don't, make that time a little bit shorter. And it's eventually about getting to the place where you can anticipate those times of being out of routine, and then take the steps to do the things so that you aren't letting those disruptions in routine cause you to turn away from yourself. That's when you're really, really beginning to live in flow more consistently, beginning to flow with life more consistently. But you have to be able to uh, begin to anticipate those things anticipate the unexpected things and the expected things and be able to respond accordingly. And I'll just tell you that practicing yoga is one thing that helps you learn how to flow through life, even when unexpected things come up. Because if you can handle chaos going on around you on your yoga mat and still stay present with your breath and focused on your practice, or if you can quickly bring yourself back to your breath you are well on your way to flowing with life and moving with more ease through life. And now if you're in a yoga studio and you're practicing, there's likely a smaller chance of chaos to be happening around you. But there are sometimes distractions where people have to to leave the class or get up and uh, move around or do something. But if you can stay present with your breath, you're learning how to flow with life. Now, if you're practicing yoga at home, there's more of a chance that there may be some sort of distraction, pets, children, um, other things, the, the dirt or the dust underneath a cabinet that you see when you're down on your mat. All of those things can be distractions that attempt to pull you away from your mat and pull you out of the present moment. But it's in staying in the present moment and staying with your breath and learning to um, ignore those things for the time being that trains your body and teaches your mind to stay present and flow with those things, with those unexpected things. So knowing your energetic rhythms is also another component or thing that helps with this as well. But sometimes being out of routine and other life circumstances that happen at the same time, like for our family when we were ill and had Christmas going on and kids um, away from school or kids at home all the time, all of those things, when things like that happen at the same time, it compounds the effects so much that it's just easier to turn away from yourself. 
until it's not. And you actually realize the impact it's having on yourself and those around you. As I said before, it happens even after years of practicing intentional living. Accept it and allow it without being too hard on yourself, especially if you're newer to this intentional living journey, right? So here are the takeaways for today. What if turning towards yourself meant you were actually becoming a warrior in the sense that you are even stronger and more complete when you are equipped with not only the physical, but also the mental and emotional aspects of who you are? What if you could actually become a more whole and complete and armed warrior if you were armed with softness and the emotional connection to yourself as well? Just think on that for a little bit today. In the meantime, remember that you're human. And even after living more intentionally for years, we all have moments of turning away or desiring to turn away from ourselves. Routine is so comforting. Yet when you have to surrender to those times of being out of routine, you get a glimpse at what your natural tendencies are. And that gives you beautiful insight into where the work can still be done. Okay, as we wrap up this episode today, I want to offer up a little bit of tech support. So for those of you who have subscribed to the podcast, thank you. Thank you so much. For those of you who haven't subscribed and maybe just listen on my webpage every week, I want to encourage you to uh, go out to either Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or um, Podcatcher, some Spotify, some other um, podcast uh, player, and actually click subscribe to the episode. When you do that, it helps um, the podcast be seen more. It helps more people find the podcast, and I would greatly appreciate it. But in order to do that, you've got to just get on a podcast player. And I have conveniently linked a bunch of, a bunch of them at the top of um, each page that for the podcast episode. So when you receive that little email in your inbox each week that says, hey, here's some awesome, great advice and great tips on what you can do. And oh, by the way, we talk a little bit more about this in the podcast each week. And you click on that link, it takes you to my webpage. Then at the top, there are different podcast players. Now, if you have a, any sort of device, um, mobile device or, uh, um, oh my gosh, iPod or anything, you can download one of those apps and listen to your podcasts exclusively through there. You can still go to my webpage and do the show notes and, and read through that there. I would love that. And also, um, you can also subscribe to the podcast and that's how you do it. Simple as that. That's all I've got for you this week, friends. Thanks so much for being here and for supporting the show and listening. Until next week, I'm Kathy Stricker, and you've been listening to Health, Harmony, and Happiness with Kathy. Cheers to cultivating your own version of health, harmony, and happiness in your life. <laughs>